This is Hacker Public Radio, episode 3716 for Monday, the 31st of October 2022. Today's show is entitled, How I Got Into Tech. It is part of the series, How I Got Into Tech. It is hosted by Lurking Pryan and is about nine minutes long. It carries an explicit flag. The summary is, My Journey Into Technology. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever it happens to be, wherever you are in the world. Uh, this is Lurking Pryon, and I'm going to talk about how I got into tech. Um, my road into tech wasn't quite the road that you would have thought. Um, to be honest, when I was a kid, um, I loved taking things apart. Uh, that was kind of my thing. If I got something, I wanted to know how it works, so I would take it apart. I would figure out what all the inside pieces were, and I'd try and put them back together. Uh, sometimes I had extra parts that didn't quite work right. Other times it actually went back together and worked maybe even better than it did before. Hey, cool. Um, I eventually got a uh, computer. The Atari console came out when I was a kid. Yes, the original one with the joystick and the paddle. Yeah, I'm kind of old. Uh, but then I got an Atari 1800XL. Ooh, good old Atari. And uh, we used to get magazines that would come and I would program little little programs and uh, save them on my floppy drives. And um, it was pretty cool. But um, that kind of faded out. And I went through high school. There weren't really any computer labs when I was going through high school. That kind of stuff all came quite a bit later on. Um, So I got out of high school and I joined the Navy as a nuclear machinist mate. So I went through nuclear power school Uh, For those of you that don't know, nuclear power school is where they take a nuclear engineering degree and they shove it down your throat in about a year and a half. It's painful and brutal, and I don't recommend it to anyone. Uh, At the time I went through, it was rated the third hardest school in the country behind, behind like Harvard Law and Harvard Med. And I guess the only reason it wasn't ahead of that was because some of the classes were classified and couldn't be evaluated. I don't know. All I know is they kept saying it gets better when you get to the fleet. Uh, They lied. So I got out to the fleet and um, yeah, my job really sucked. I was a machinist mate. So I worked on all of the big equipment in the engine room. Well, the problem is, is you can't work on the equipment when you're underway because all the equipment is operational. And I worked on big steam-powered equipment, big engines, big generators, distilling units to make fresh water from seawater. It was all equipment. And when we pulled into port, we could shut down the equipment, which meant we got to do maintenance on the equipment. So when everybody else was leaving the ship to go ashore in whatever foreign strange country we landed in, We were crawling in underneath the deck plates and uh, doing maintenance. So if we were four days in port, I'd be lucky to get one, maybe one and a half days ashore. Really wasn't all that fun. So uh, after my eight years in the Navy, I said, you know what, I've had enough of this. And um, I walked away. Did a three-year break in service, um, doing various things. The uh, main thing that I was doing while I was out was something called vibration analysis. Uh, basically, this is where you take um, little um, accelerometers, kind of like what you would use for measuring earthquakes, 
But what we would do is um, attach them to various pieces of equipment, uh, big old pumps, uh, generators, fans, and we could identify things like it being out of alignment. Uh, we could identify it being unbalanced. We could identify bearing failure before it happened. So we could tell somebody, hey, this is stage one, stage two, stage three, stage four bearing failure. And they could do predictive maintenance. So they could go in and replace those bearings before they actually failed. Uh, like one of my clients was Intel. Um, at Intel, they had their downtimes scheduled to the minute. It was a lot like watching a NASCAR pit crew. They would come in and they would all be assembled down there next to the equipment. Um, for this one, they were going to go through and rip out a bearing and I was going to do an alignment of the shaft. So, boom, they maintenance time hit and the boss was sitting there with a stopwatch. And boom, they started ripping apart, pulled the bearing out, threw the new bearing in. Then it was me. I was up, did the alignment, made sure everything was good, start up and running. And we had about a minute and a half before the maintenance window was over. Uh, it was crazy. But that was the kind of thing that allowed them to be as productive as possible. And they told me that whenever that plant was down, if it went down unexpectedly, they were losing about a million dollars a minute which is kind of outrageous. And this was years ago. So that was about as technical as I was getting at that point in time. I was using computers for writing up my reports. That was about it. Well, then I decided to join the Air Force and I went into the Air Force as a tech controller, uh, 3C2. This was a career field where we took care of the communication between computers, whether it was across the network or across the world. So we did um, local area networking, we did long haul, we did SATCOM, uh, radio, pretty much anything that transmitted data from one point to the other. That was our job. And of course, my first assignment had nothing to do with the job that I was trained for. I got to do desktop support. So I got to learn operating systems on the fly. I got to learn all kinds of programs on the fly. And of course, um, data recovery databases, all kinds of fun stuff. Matter of fact, by the time I left my first duty station, no one even knew what my real, my real career field was because I did nothing that resembled it. The closest I got to my career field was plugging a patch cable into a patch panel in the switch rack. That was it. Never got to touch the switches or anything. Fun times. My second assignment was in Alaska where I got to work at Tech Control at Elmendorf Air Force Base in Anchorage. And here I actually got to do my job. Long-haul communications, we were dealing with long-haul circuits running all around the world. Um, and there's a big hub in Anchorage where everything rolls through, so we had quite a big center. Um, after I was there about a year, we ended up taking charge of the local area network. At that point in time, it was Marconi. So I got to learn Marconi and how to do all of that. And then we did a refresh and they came through and ripped out all the Marconi and threw in Cisco. So I got to learn Cisco. And this progressed. And as time started moving forward, security started becoming a part of the program. Uh, we were in charge of the firewalls. So it was natural since we were the ones who were in charge of that stuff to be there taking care of it. And as the network progressed and as the security of the network progressed, I just kind of moved along with that tide. 
and I have rolled that tide pretty much the whole way. Um, so I've been involved in a whole bunch of different parts of what you would call security today, although back then cybersecurity didn't exist. Um, so I did that for a few years. So ended up doing my 20 years, so more than a few years. And then I retired from the Air Force. Um, after that, I went to go play in the Civilitary. Um, I've worked in banking. I've worked in finance, uh, worked in government, DOD, done everything from pen testing to setting up and establishing security programs for organizations. I've been the low man on the totem pole all the way up to the high man on the totem pole. And um, it's been great. I, I love the new technology as it comes out. I jump into it and man, that's like cool stuff. Really enjoy it. Um, I've got a bunch of certifications. They don't really matter. Um, certifications used to matter. I don't put a whole lot of stock in them today. But with that being said, I'm studying for my uh, VMware certified professional right now. So that's where the next career phase is taking me. And um, that's how I got into tech. So um, I like hearing all of your guys' stories. Please keep sharing. And um, hey, Hacker Public Radio, it's great. Love hearing y'all. And uh, that's all for me today. Have a good day. Bye. You have been listening to Hacker Public Radio at hackerpublicradio.org. Today's show was contributed by a HBR listener like yourself. If you ever thought of recording a podcast, then click on our contribute link to find out how easy it really is. Hosting for HBR has been kindly provided by anhonesthost.com, the Internet Archive, and rsync.net. Unless otherwise stated, today's show is released under a Creative Commons Attribution 4.0 International License.